Well, good morning. That sounded weak. Good morning. Good morning. Get a grin out of one anyway. If you have your Bible this morning, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5. Supposed to be having a homecoming today. Looked more like a home went. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Scripture says, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also." So, the Lord's here. Praise Him. Um, we. Uh, going to look at uh, verses 13 through 20 today in Matthew 5. Uh, you know, we've, uh, as a people, I guess, as human beings, we're, uh, we're always seem to be fascinated by heights. Uh, I hear folks that have been to New York and places like that talking about going up on the Empire State Building. Well... They're, they're, they're cut different from me because I'm not one of those that likes heights. Uh, people ask me how I can fly in an airplane. Well, that's a little different, but it's not much. I make it all right as long as it's in the air, but starting up and coming down is just not a joy for me. I don't like high places. That's unusual these days, it seems, for, for people in general, folks like high places. They're fascinated by it, tall buildings. Uh, people, people go in the Empire State Building, they'll pay money to ride all the way to the top. I don't even know how high it is. But uh, when we see tall people, that attracts notice. I'm, uh, I'm old enough to remember when... The adults will remember this. A guy named Max Palmer. I think he was from Arkansas. Uh, wrestled. Max Palmer was eight feet and six inches tall. He was a tall man, and he wrestled. I want to tell you something. I've been up pretty close to him when he was wrestling in Clarksdale. I've seen him live and in person up close. I want you to know that man in the back because his, his belt line came to about my nose. That's how tall he was. <laughs> From the back, right along in that area, he was about that broad. He's a fascinating human being. I've never seen anybody that high. Now, there are basketball players out there, professional basketball players that are seven and pushing eight feet in height. I, I'm fascinated how in the world can anybody get that tall? And what does it take to feed them? You know, just keeping that much flesh and blood alive seems to be a, a, a job. Uh, people are fascinated by Mount Everest. They like to go, uh, mountain climbers like to go to Mount Everest and see if they can climb the mountain, make it all the way to the top. And some of them make it. Personally, me, I'm not attracted to high places like that. And I, I don't. 
I don't even want to put a ladder on the side of the house and go up on the roof. It, it bothers me just to be that high. Um, Jesus uh, had just uh, finished telling the people gathered there on the, the mountain how to have a happy life. And continuing, he began to talk to them about scaling new heights, going to new heights, taking the high ground. Now, you won't talk to a military person that will tell you they'd rather fight from the valley. They want to fight from the high ground. And we as Christians should, should want to take advantage of the high ground too. So looking at Scripture now in verse 13 uh, in Matthew 5, excuse me, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be trodden, to thrown out, excuse me, and trampled by men. Uh, salt has always been something that's been used by people of the world to uh, bring out the flavor and the taste of, of uh, food. Uh, and uh, scripture here compares the usefulness and the good that salt does to uh, human consumption uh, to a different, a different uh, setting. If, uh, if salt becomes tasteless high in the world, uh, can it be made salty again? I, I never thought about that until I read uh, this in the scripture. If salt becomes tasteless, what good is it? Yeah, I mean, you can't make it into anything uh, except uh, put on the, the pavement or what have you when it snows or uh, ices out or something like that. But uh, if, if we as Christians in the same way lose our influence for Jesus Christ, what good are we? What good are we? Uh, we're good for, for nothing if we lose our, our status before Jesus, if we lose our witness for him, if we lose our close relationship with him, we're really uh, worthy to be thrown out on the sidewalk and trampled on underfoot. Uh, God's people who aren't an influence on the world are not good for anything anymore except to be cast out. Uh, God, uh, uh, again, uh, says Jesus speaks, you, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, you can see, I don't know if you've ever been around the mountains, we just, we live, we live in this part of the world, it's the delta, it's flat just as far as you can see, for sure, uh, and uh, God, uh, God says you're the light of the world. People can see for miles and miles and miles. I've been across, uh, when I was little, I remember we drove to my great aunt's in California. I wasn't but five or six years old, but it seemed like we drove two or three days getting across the desert. And I could see the same light on the horizon for all of that time. <laughs> when it would get dark, that light would be there. We drove two or three days to get across the desert. 
it's amazing how flat the, the ground is. Even the contour of the earth doesn't take away uh, the, the light that is a certain height above. Uh, but uh, this, verse 16 says, let your light, uh, that is the testimony that we have, shine before men in such a way that the light does in the world. Don't cover up who we are. We have so many people today who are afraid to admit that they're Christian people. They don't want to admit that they're believers. And when we turn on the television and listen to the government and uh, all of those authorities that's supposed to be, we can understand why. Because the world does not want us to be witnesses for Jesus. The school system, the governments, and the televisions, and the radios, and everything and that we're uh, used to on a common basis have, have tried their dead level best to get even the word God off of the radio and the television and out of schools. And no, they don't want our children anymore, our young people, to even learn about God in school anymore. I can remember, now this has been eons ago, y'all understand. I'm, I'm 70, how long? Two, four, I'm somewhere along in there anyway. When I was in elementary school, and most of these other adults in this room can remember this, when I was in elementary school, we started the day every day with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and the Lord's Prayer. Every day. Now, they may still pledge allegiance. I doubt it. But I can tell you for certainty, public schools do not, in any shape or form or fashion, say the Lord's Prayer anymore. Don't know what that is. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Da -da 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 -da. Every day we did that. Not anymore. The devil has gotten a foothold on the world, not just the United States, on the world. He got most of the rest of the world before he started on us. He take all the support in the world away before he jumped on us. But the scripture says here in, in verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way. How? That, that they may see your good works. You should have a good life, a, a straight life, a life uh, full of devotion to the Lord, uh, and uh, a life uh, that glorifies Him uh, who uh, is in heaven, our Father. This is very early in Jesus' ministry. He reassures uh, the people with these words. Verse 17, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. His intention was, to draw us closer to God. That was Jesus' sole purpose in coming to the world, to draw us to his heavenly Father. And uh, he came to put into perspective uh, the impact of the law and the prophets because the law and the prophets on the world had an impact. The, the, this book right here, has had a bigger impact on the world than, than any other piece of literature in the world. Uh, people have fought and died over this book right here because of what it said. And uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily want to admit that. Uh, we're not willing to fight and die for the Word of God anymore. 
And there have been, if I remember my history correctly, there have been things that are called the Crusades that were held uh, several hundred years ago where uh, knights and soldiers gathered up armies and went out and crusaded against the world that was non-Christian. And uh, whether that's a way to do it or not, I'm not here one way or the other to advocate going out and killing a bunch of people who are not Christians. Uh, but that, that's what they were doing. They were trying to rid the world of that uh, non-Christian influence. Uh, there more, there's more than one way to do that, and that's through Christ. Verse 18 says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. That'll be when Jesus comes back <laughs> and uh, the establishment of a new heaven and a new earth uh, here on the earth. Uh, those things won't be needed anymore because we'll have Jesus personally right in front of us. Uh, he'll be implanted perfectly in our hearts. If anyone uh, takes it upon themselves to annul the scripture, they'll be condemned because they're being disobedient to the Lord. Uh, whoever keeps the law, obeys the law, and teaches them by his lifestyle and by his words, his testimony, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Question. Which would you rather be, rich and famous here on this earth or considered great in heaven by your heavenly Father? <laughs> now, when I think about things like that, I think about the introductions. You know, we're all going to die one of these days and we're going to heaven. What kind of introduction are we going to get in heaven? You reckon there's going to be a fanfare, a trumpet sound, and, and uh, Jesus say, uh, friends, I want you to welcome my saint, my soldier, my friend, so-and-so to heaven. I, I don't, I, I can't help but believe there's going to be some sort of fanfare for the believer that uh, goes to heaven to be with Jesus. Uh, we've got uh, some things to look forward to. Uh, we uh, we seem to be, excuse the expression, we seem to be hell-bent sometimes on destroying our testimony and our witness and be a bad example. So uh, Jesus is, is <laughs> would be embarrassed to introduce us in such a good light. Uh, whoever keeps and obeys and teaches uh, the laws and lives an exemplary life uh, shall be great, called great in the kingdom of God. Now, I'd a whole lot rather be called great in the kingdom, in God's eyes, in Jesus' eyes. I'd a whole lot rather him hug me and pat me on the back and say, well done, my good and faithful servant, than I had to show up with all of the diamonds and rubies and pearls dripping off of me and uh, look like somebody real great and fancy and him reject me when I got there. Um, these men back in Jesus' day, there were some great men who were well-respected. Uh, but 
They were just the standard of men and not of Jesus. How does all of this apply to us today? Today. Christians should always take to the high ground. And it seems like it's so easy for the church and Christians today to take the low road. That's the easiest one. Uh, Y'all know, like I know, when we live in the Delta, (laughs) it's a whole lot easier to walk some distance of, say, five miles, just five miles in the Delta because it's basically flat. But I can take you a place over to places over in East Mississippi and ask you to walk five miles on some of those highways over there, and you'd be out of breath in, in two or three miles and couldn't go any further because you're not used to pulling those hills up and down. They got some hills over there that are at an incline about like this, and it seems like they won't never end, but they're probably a half a mile or three quarters of a mile long getting to the top. And it takes a uh, takes an old fat boy like me a good while to trudge <laughs> that distance up a hill. I'd hate to have to do it. I, w- I sure wouldn't want to walk any distance. Uh, and we need to understand that uh, God's standard is different from the standard of the world. In order to be equipped uh, to do what we need to do for Jesus, we need to get close to Him and stay close to Him and learn everything we can about Him. Uh, and uh, keep the honest, true sayings of our faith in Him honest and true. How do we expect to get into heaven if we don't know anything about our Savior and about heaven? It's going to be hard to do. Go to somebody's house who's having a big extravagant party without an invitation. See if you can get in. (laughs) I can imagine going to the White House or somewhere like that and not having an invitation to a a gathering at the White House. Some some folks I know that I grew up with that I'd I'd hate to think I could... (laughs) I could go to their house and just walk in any time when they were having a big party at their house. Uh, A lot of times, the places we get to go are by invitation only. I'm going to tell you something about heaven and where God lives. It's by invitation only. And that invitation is written in blood. It's written in the blood of Jesus. Were it not for that blood and that invitation being written by the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't get in at all. We wouldn't even be considered. We'd be turned away. We can't walk up before the gates. Somebody said, what? That just a noise I heard. A prominent witness is a godly life here on earth. The best thing we can do is live a godly life to show other people God. Uh, do good works and, and help other people do the things that we know God would do and want us to do. Uh, be an obedient warrior who affirms uh, God's laws and the prophets. 
don't be scared to tell people, I don't do that. The first thing people ask you when you say, well, I don't do that is why? Don't ever be afraid to look them dead in the eye and say, because I'm a Christian. They may laugh at you right to your face. They may laugh and turn and walk away, but it doesn't make any difference. I'm telling you, it may hurt physically a little bit while we're here on this earth, but the pain of a human being laughing and turning and walking away is not nearly as much as Jesus looking through the books of life and not finding your name and saying, depart from me, you cursed. I never knew you. Saddest words that anyone will ever hear. Depart from me, you cursed, because I never knew you. The top priority in every human being's life is come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. It's the most important thing we can do while we're here on this earth. There's nothing else more important. We need to make it a top priority. We're, uh, unfortunately, as human beings, we have gotten accustomed to living in the bottoms, the valleys. Uh, even as, uh, as church people, as God's people, uh, we're, uh, we're getting more and more useless all the time because the world has influenced us more and more to be like it. And our uselessness as a Christian is becoming more apparent. We need to, to gear up and strengthen up and get strong enough to scale those mountains that we face in life. Uh, we need to take the high ground. We don't need to stay in the valleys. We need to take the high ground. And the high ground consists of salvation, discipleship, fellowship, Christian ministry, and evangelism. We need to be about telling other people uh, about uh, Jesus and uh, that's why Matthew starts off in verse 13 saying, You, God's people, you are the salt of the earth. But if you lose your flavor, you're useless. We need to reexamine who we are. and We need to reexamine our lives and uh, give ourselves over to Jesus completely. And... Uh, represent him and his his church and his growth we ought to be proud to be a member of his congregation of people uh, that love us and love him uh, we should be dedicated to him and love him as we love each other uh, it may be difficult to do because we've we've been so far outside of that that little uh, area to live but we can do it. We can take the high ground. Uh, having the high ground is pretty important, especially militarily. You want the high ground so you can see what's going on around you and below you. And we need to live on the high ground and not be valley dwellers. Uh, the question is, are we, will we commit ourselves to do that uh, to for the rest of our lives commit ourselves to being Christians will you 
wilderness? That's the question. Let's stand and we'll have a word of prayer. And uh, thanks for being here, y'all. Uh, we uh, we're going to eat now. I got a smile over here. I, there's plenty of food back there. Trust me. Everybody can have what they want for sure. So y'all don't run off. So uh, let's pray. And uh, I'll bless it. How about that? I don't normally do that, but I'll bless the food. Make it okay. You know? Lord, we thank you for the day today, and uh, we thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here to uh, serve you and to worship you. Lord, we do. We love you. We thank you for loving us, and we pray that our lives would be living, walking examples of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might be able to lead other people to you. We love this fellowship of this church, and we pray, God, your blessings on this church. We realize that uh, this sickness, illness, disease, whatever it is going around uh, has taken its uh, toll on people's health, and uh, fear got in their heart about contracting it, and uh, we just uh, we pray that you would intervene uh, in this situation and bring uh, a cure to all of, uh, especially all of our folks' lives uh, in the church. Just uh, touch them and heal them up, God. But we ask that for everybody affected by this disease. Just do it in such a way that they'd know you were the author. We'll give you praise for that. And Lord, when we dismiss, we ask you to, to bless the time of fellowship together. Bless our food as we partake, and we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Trisha, go.